0: Welcome to another episode of What's Up, Woody? My name is Woody Woodbeck, and of course, I am your host. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you are tuning in once again to an episode, or if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. You can follow me on all social media platforms. Usually, it's at Woody Woodbeck. Um, Also, uh, you can follow the show on Instagram. That is in my profile and i'm also on twitter which i don't really use that much um so if you have tiktok i am actively trying to get myself up to a thousand followers i don't know why i was a little late to the tiktok game but i love tiktok love it love it love it so please uh go over there follow me on the socials um before we get into the interview this week i'm so uh which i'm so excited about you guys have to uh, stick around for that i want to talk about a couple of things first The word riz, which is a derivative of charisma, is now officially a word in the dictionary. R-I-Z-Z, which is a noun, is the Gen Z slang term and Oxford's 2023 word of the year is derived from charisma. The word refers to style, charm, or attractiveness, or the ability to attract a romantic or sexual partner. Now listen. Somebody tried to tell me some bullshit that because I'm over 40, I'm not allowed to say the word. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm going to say the word. I say the word often. I think Riz is a great word. Why not? Listen, I'm all for abbreviating, so I like it, and I'm going to continue to use it. That's all I got to say about that. Additionally, today was just announced that Taylor Swift is time Magazines, Person of the Year, honestly, couldn't have been more suiting. She's the, What I read was that she is the only person to have it twice um, in history, which is pretty incredible. But, I mean, let's be honest here. You know, it really, Taylor and everything that she is is on the forefront of every headline every day. And I'm sure for those that don't really care for her, um, they don't find that the most appealing. But truthfully, I think that people like Taylor and Beyonce, Um, and I talked about this often, are just bringing the world such joy and hope and love and things that we need more of. And truthfully, what I wish people would pay more attention to is the fact that these people, like Taylor, um, bring people so much joy and happiness. And shitting all over that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. and I'll never understand it. What Taylor has been given the gift of and what, um, God has given her the gift to be for the world. She is doing just that. And it's such a wonderful thing to see people like her and like Beyonce and, and others living their dream and being authentically who they are. And that is, uh, that is pretty remarkable. So my hats off to Taylor Swift for being Person of the Year by Time Magazine. Well done, love. Additionally, December 7th, which is tonight, the day this episode drops, is the season two premiere of Southern Hospitality on Bravo. Now, listen, truthfully, people slipped on the show a little bit when it first came out, and I never understood why, because with all the Bravo shows that I've worked on, and this would have been my 12th or 13th or 14th, I forget, with seasons, this show has everything that a Bravo TV fan wants in a show. Hot, young, dramatic, they all work in a place together. Not only do they all work to a place together, but they also like fuck with each other outside, in and off the cameras, in and out of work. Like, so the 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 nuts and bolts of what it make a great reality show is there. And season one was great. You can catch up now on Peacock, but now that season two is here. So honored to have been back, asked back as a supervising producer on the show. And um this season just is yeah. I mean, you guys are going to see when you watch, but catch the premiere tonight. It's on Bravo. Uh, we have a jam-packed season for you. All of your favorites are back. We have a new cast member. His name is O'Sheen. He is... <laughs> I like When I started to think about him, I started laughing because that's really all you can do. And the cast, I just love. And Leba is one of the greatest people. And I'm just... I, I, You know, I get at a loss for words for this show because I, I just love it so much. And I'm proud of the... The work that our entire team did. And I'm proud to be a part of Bill's team and Aaron's team. And uh, I'm just super excited. Uh, And thank you again to everyone at Haymaker for having me be part of the show. Um, Hopefully, we'll be having a couple of the cast members on the show uh, coming up. But until then, make sure you watch tonight um, and every week, Thursdays on Bravo TV. Southern Hospitality Season 2. Let's go! With that said, I want to introduce my friend anthony Allen ramos from glad anthony is the vice president of communications and talent at glad also the executive producer of the glad media awards um, i'm so happy to have him on here we really dive in uh, a lot and really get to know who he is as a person we talk about obviously the very important work that glad does and truthfully so much more so please sit back enjoy listen to this interview it's my one-on-one with anthony Allen ramos Hi. Hi friend. How are you? Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of What's Up Woody the podcast where it's time to have a real conversation. My name is Woody Woodbeck, your host of course, and I'm so excited to have my guest this week. He is the Vice President of Communications and Talent at Glad and also the Executive Producer of the Glad Media Awards. Everyone knows about those. Please welcome with open arms and clapping hands, my friend uh-huh. Anthony Alan Ramos. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: I, uh, thank you for having me. Um and I gotta say it, what's up, Woody? Uh <laughs> <how are ya? laughs>
0: I love it. I'm doing I'm doing really well. I'm so happy to have you here. I've been wanting to have okay, so a little backstory. Yes. Um when I years ago, when I first moved, I was baby gay. I moved to San Francisco. <laughs> um, I was 20 God, 24 at the time. I wanted to take in as much of being gay as I could because I had come from a small town in upstate New York. I had gone to school outside of Syracuse and there wasn't a lot of LGBTQ anything. And so when I came to San Francisco, I got, I started volunteering and I volunteered. My first ever job was at an Oscar party that led to me volunteering at a Glad Media Awards in San Francisco. And I became wow. friends with um, the former executive director. I forget her yep. name now. It's driving me crazy. Not Neil, but the the uh, lady um, who was there before Neil. Um, and then kind of just got thrown into it. And then I ended up sitting on the board for San Francisco Media Awards and like doing all kinds of stuff. And obviously, working in the entertainment industry, we understand the value and understand the work that Glad does. I do. And obviously, we'll get to that. And I'm going to have you really explain for the people that are listening that don't know much about GLAD, what GLAD does but it was yeah. really important for me to point out that um projects I have been involved with have been nominated for GLAD Awards which is a huge honor I always tell people it's like the gay Emmys you know like it's a big deal no or sure. I mean, no yeah. the Oscars that's fine you did just as good just as good Wait, you have a one
1: um, one you've been nominated but not one
0: no we did win we won for oh. Queer Eye because that was that's a producer right. on Queer was Eye. Like,
1: you're, a, yeah. you're a winner baby
0: Yes, exactly. So that's, you know, to me, that is just as big as winning the Emmy that year for that show because that show did so much culturally. And especially we now know the show is a worldwide phenomenon, but it really, it's crazy that that show struck lightning in the bottle twice in queer history. And I also will say that a lot of people don't know this, but I was super touched. Ross Murray, who is a, who works at Glad. Mm-hmm. He's a good friend of mine. And he, I went to him when I got the job on Queer Eye. And I said, you know, I really feel like we're entering a new way of telling stories. And I feel like even though we have a queer cast, we should do media training.
1: And yeah. I pitched
0: for my team and I said, I feel like we should do media training. And sure enough, because of um, my connection, we partnered with Netflix and with Scout and ITV and mm-hmm. started that whole relationship and got media training. In. And I was so happy that when... My team was there. The team was there, and they won the Glad Award. My showrunner set, paid homage to the fact that you guys gave us media training. Yeah, um, so it meant a lot. It meant a lot to me because I really understand the value and what you guys do. Um, so being able to be a part of that in some way means a, a lot to me. Yeah,
1: I, I completely agree, and I and I think that you know we can talk more about Glad, but yeah, a lot of people don't even realize that uh, kind of that consulting behind the scenes work does happen, and it happens a lot um, every day in some capacity. Uh, because i think you know just to to end on that point like listen like shows can have the best or any project can have the best intention and you think you're telling it well and if you're not if you don't have the right people involved whether you know it's a a gay person a trans person or or whoever like you know you really run the risk of not telling it the best way and i would say everyone has a good intention but if you don't have the glad you know, kind of behind the scenes training, and we we always say we can guide you on how to you know do the best job. So,
0: yeah, and you and you guys really did that, and we'll and we'll definitely talk more about um, you know, what what Glad does and the important work sure. that you guys do. But you know, I have a tradition here on my show. I always feel like my guests, no matter who they are, are um, our new best friends for the next 45 minutes to an hour. So I want to kind of get to know a little bit of who you are and kind of a little bit of your backstory. You and I met years ago at actually like a presidential debate, I think, with Jeremy Blacklow and like right before, I think um, uh, maybe I think that was the year Hillary lost. I think it was like right before that. I want to say it was that long ago. It was. Um, was. Yeah, it was. was. Yeah, but I want people to know a little bit more about you. So tell me a little bit about um, what what Anthony was like as a kid.
1: Um, so it's funny because I, you know, I feel like when we talk about you know queer people, there's always a journey, and there's all, and so I there was a lot. Yeah, I, there is a journey for me too. So when I was a young kid, I was so shy, which is hilarious now, like given like what I do, and just it's not the case anymore. Um. I was really shy, they called me like the Velcro kid. Like I was always like, like, like glued to my mom. Like, you know, like I was like super shy. Like I was worried about, um, you know, just people and like what they thought of me. And then I don't remember exactly how long that lasted, but it, it started to change, I guess, in probably middle school, although middle school was still probably, I wasn't like a super, you know, self-assured, confident person. Then in high school, I definitely I remember I literally went from being, a, you know, a shy three year old to the next story of me, like really coming into my own as like a sophomore and like dressing finally the way that I wanted to. Like I, I there was like a crazy like floor length black fur coat that I would wear. Like, I mean, it was insane. And I um I wasn't out necessarily, but like, I mean, yeah, I was like doing my own thing and I felt like very confident at that point. Um, and then, you know, like. I was a really good student. Like I was obsessed with like straight A's. Um, I mean, I was like in high school, like treasurer of like business academy, like president of French club editor of the yearbook, like everything, like all at once. And I was like obsessed with doing it all. Um, would like run for, you know, like class president, all of that stuff. Um, obviously like not obviously, but I wasn't into sports. Um, I was like more into the writing and journalism. I wrote for the newspaper. And then, um, you know, graduating high school, I knew that I wanted to continue in the journalism vibe. So um went to Cal State Northridge, majored in broadcast journalism. Um and then it was interesting, like, and then I'll I'll pause because I'm sure you have other questions. But like, you know, there was a time when I went, I when I went to college, um, a really interesting opportunity for me to work at Access Hollywood came up while I was still in school. And I remember um, Access Hollywood, the entertainment show that of course is still on. Um, I remember my more traditional news professors really turning up their nose at entertainment news. And they like, didn't think it was a good opportunity. And they didn't think it was real, like it's fake, you know, like it just like, it was. they were like, that is not, you know, these people were like, reading the new york times every day and like that's what they considered to be journalism you know um but i knew as a kid like i just had a natural affinity to hollywood entertainment celebrities i remember like not stealing grabbing my mom's like in style magazines and looking at like i don't know if you remember they do like her best looks and like they'd like put all of like jennifer aniston's like all her amazing outfits throughout the years and that was like my favorite thing um and so yeah as a kid i like consumed a lot of television films as a lot of queer people do as they're finding their way um yeah and then you know and then from college i ended up you know going to work at, at nbc so and i was there a long time
0: amazing what so let's talk a little let's rewind a little and talk a little bit i, know, I felt like we went from you, me
1: being a shy kid to graduating yeah. college quickly sorry about that.
0: <laughs> by the way in our minds, sometimes it feels like that doesn't it yeah. even though it was like 18 years or something from the moment we popped out So when we were in college. Um, it often feels like a, a, a long block of memories, that's for totally. sure. But I I wonder when you started to um figure out your identity, let's say, mm-hmm. not even of the coming out or knowing that you were gay or or whatever, or however you identified really. Um, but when you started to to know that you were different, yeah, how did I, you how did you handle that or how did you process that?
1: I think so seventh grade there was a kid in school who shall remain nameless because they're you know he's still around um that I remember being like you know this question that many gay men have asked themselves like am I attracted to this person or like do I want to be this person like what is like are they and so I was you know having that and then ultimately I realized I was like oh I'm like like, I have, like, a little crush on this person, you know, a little crush on him, and so I think, you know, early on, like, that's what that what that moment felt like for me, didn't really know how to process it, definitely didn't come out, and so, unfortunately, like, I I'd spent, I spent, like, a lot of years, as so many of us do, just really, like, uh, repressing that part in order to just fit in, I mean, literally, I, like, in high school, I was, like, presenting myself wearing like dc like skater outfits like you know when i of course i eventually got to i told you about the the black fur jacket but um you know i think that was like my mode i really just really wanted to um um like blend in and be like you know dressed like a straight kid which is such a bummer because if you know me like fashion is so important to me and like i literally take so much time with the outfits that i wear now and like love it and just and like so unapologetic about like how much i love clothes and fashion and um yeah it's kind of a bummer to think back then but like i said eventually i did uh i did get to that point in high school where i was definitely like expressing myself through clothes even though i really fully hadn't accepted my my own gay queer identity um and then flash forward to this one's going to throw you it's part of the story because there's a part of me that many people don't know but I used to do um really really high level competitive bowling um yeah like I bowled like seven perfect games I like did team USA like competitions back in the day like when I was like 17 and when I was 18 I this um this tournament and these competitions were insane it was like we would literally bowl like 16 games in the morning have a break both 16 more games at night and then it was like it was just like you would the, what you would see on tv but we were, you like, were a
0: teenager at that time
1: yeah exactly it was oh, like wow. yeah and j a t was like the junior amateur tour which those tournaments like or were, were what, what i was doing but there was a kid again who shall remain nameless i haven't kept up with him so but i know he's around um and i remember being 18 and competing at this tournament like against him it must have been um And there was that like flirtatious connection that I had never experienced before. And I remember when he said to me, he's like, you should give me your number. No, he said, yeah, yeah." he said, you should give me your number. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, but I liked it. I was like, you know, I I just, you know didn't really know how to process it. And I remember that feeling of like that first, like, I guess it was the first time I got hit on and I didn't even know I was getting hit on, but um, you know, I didn't know what it was, but I liked it, so.
0: Sure. It's interesting when you look back, I, I was thinking about some some of the things you were saying and like even in the, I look back now, right? And I'm 42 mm-hmm. and I look back when I was a kid and I, I see the people or figures in entertainment that I was drawn to. And I know that there is a videotape of me at like 10 years old dancing to Madonna at a family holiday yeah. For yeah. sure, somewhere my uncle is has it and is holding it ransom. I'm sure. <laughs> I I loved Mariah Carey as a kid. Like I I loved Mariah since her first album. Music Box like, was baby. my first
1: was my first CD that like CD that I bought was right. music. You know, right. I still remember right. my aunt Debbie got me my first Sony Boombox. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it probably is somewhere because I I felt so. I didn't want to get rid of it. You know what I mean? Sure.
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it is interesting that when you look back and you think about those kind of things, you're like, oh man, like we really were finding community without even really knowing it. You know, like in so many ways, totally. like for me, like Rosie O'Donnell, her show was a beacon of light in my life and not even realizing that she was a great. Right. You know? Well, here you're, like, you're going to
1: love this story because we're going to go yeah. from Rosie O'Donnell to Ricky Martin yeah. because how much yep. Rosie O'Donnell loved Ricky Martin. Right. So, in 1999 I was uh, turning 16. Now you know Liam. Um but I actually I like every, I'm, I just turned 40 <laughs> so I'm with you in the 40 club. Um yeah. and I remember that was the year that Ricky Martin made his debut uh
0: like in, the Grammys
1: in the leather pants. The wooden Madonna was like who is this? That'd he's so amazing. So literally like my outfit that I wore again fashion is such a thing for me. Um I wore literally like leather pants to my 16th birthday party at BJ's brew house.
0: <laughs>
1: and I remember like it, you know, it was like my like, kids my age, and I remember like we were we had this like great space outside, and I was like, I want us to do a photo, group photo, but I want it to be like it's a Melrose place cast photo.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That you know, I like stuff. But yeah, I mean that that's just another funny thing. So yeah,
0: yeah. I I wonder if there was a time for you as you started to i'm sure find your way with guys was there ever a time where you where your uh identity or queerness or being part of the lgbtq community started to to have much more meaning where you felt compelled to do oh i want to not just be gay but like i want to like be like a part of something bigger than me because i think what happened early on and you could tell me how in your own words of course was I found myself and became comfortable with saying that I was gay. And then I wanted to be gay, 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 gay. Like I just wanted queer everything. Yeah. You know, like I wanted to go to all the pride festivals. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. So I wonder if you ever had that. And, and it, I wonder if that in turn led to you to look into something like being a part of GLAAD.
1: Well, like, yes and no. So like, I think it's funny because, you know, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. And I think that yeah. like, it, you know, it's like that, like when you were talking about your early, you know, years as a as a gay man, like in San Francisco, and like, for me, I was always in L.A., um but like, I remember that, like in my 20s, like feeling like I just like wanted to do all the things that were gay, yeah. like I wanted to go to the gay, you know, the Abbey and like, you know, all those other places that I can't even remember the names anymore. East West, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I do. I know. I love that place. Um, remember they used to have really good candles and they would sell them.
0: Yes. Oh my God. That's terrible.
1: Um, but I also remember like wanting to be a part of the culture. So, you know, cause it was like, it's like, you know, when people it's like, you know, they like, it's like, you like, they get like, you know, when you come out, it's like, you're like, sh- like they are shot at a cannon and you're like, I want to do it all. Like, but then I also remember being like very aware that like, I didn't have all of the answers and I needed like I needed like guidance, like, you know what I mean? I didn't know what I was doing. Like, and I think, um, like, I, you know, I, you know, it's like you, just cause you, you know, become, you know, you you come out and you're gay. Like, I don't know all the, the answers and I don't know like the rules. And like, I mean, there was so many things, not a lot of these that we can talk about, but like, there was <laughs> things, remember, like, I was like, oh, I was like, that's like the protocol. Like, that's the rules. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't know, like that's what happened. Yeah. And like, what were we supposed to do or not supposed to do? And I think, um you know, like, even looking back, like, there was, um, which is so funny. Like, I I don't know how I even afforded this, to be honest with you. But, like, there was um, a show on Bravo back in the day called Workout. Do you remember
0: that? Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Jackie, I was, Warner. Jackie Warner. And I was like, Jesse, you know, was
0: the. Oh, I loved him. I yeah, had such a crush on so, him forever.
1: He, yeah, he was so wonderful. And so, and on the show, and I was, and I, you know, in the, the moment of being like, out and proud and literally i was like working on myself like you know i was like getting in good shape i was like i'm gonna hire him to be my personal trainer it was like literally like i don't even know how i afford. like i told you i would write i was like writing him like 500 dollars checks so i mean i was like and i was like 20 i was like how am i paying for this somehow i did he, <laughs> so i hired him and you know we um he is a tad older than me but i felt like he um in like gay years and experience was way further along not and i'm not saying that in like you know experience i just meant like, i get he, what you're saying Yeah. Like he like literally had, I feel like he had, um, come to terms with who he was and like many years before I did, you know? So I think, so being around him was, um, was great. I felt like he was almost like a little bit of like a mentor and I learned a lot from him. We're still in touch. Um, and I think that like, that was, you know, I think about that all the time. Like, you know, he, I, he really was kind of like a little like gay mentor for me and I needed that at that point, you know? Like we yeah. had conversations after the workout, and I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, you know, and he would, all, like, you know, yeah. So
0: I find those kind of stories so funny because truly that is such an LA experience. Those kind of <laughs> I, things don't happen elsewhere. <laughs> I, I literally at remember
1: all. writing checks. I'm mean, like, you know, who writes? Uh, no one writes checks anymore, but like, it was literally like, Probably like a hundred and fifty dollars an hour. I think Jackie was like five hundred per hour or something. I mean, I never worked with Jackie, yeah. but then eventually Jesse and I ended up becoming friends. And like, I think he gave me like the friends and family discount. Um, but you know that way. And then you know he he's moved on from that and is an amazing yeah. chef now, and is yes. so he is to a husband and and two adorable kids. So yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it. that's remarkable. And I, and I, I love, I love that story. That's, that's, that's what I love about my show. And like, people tell those kind of things. And so I'm just like, oh, it's so great. Cause those are yeah, really, are, like. like It's funny. I
1: feel like I'm having like a flashback to like the Oprah, um, Barbara's, Barbara Walters interview where like, she's like, I've never told her that. Like, I feel like I've, I probably have never like said that to Jesse. I mean, we like, I like I said, we keep in touch, but I've not, probably never told him. I was like, like, dude, you were like a big help to me when I was like a young guy, you know? Oh,
0: I love that. I love yeah that. I I have had those conversations with the guys from Queer Eye because I Cheryl I have such a backstory with that show because I was on the radio in New York when Queer Eye first came out the first one the first one yeah and I though that show and those guys and seeing how they were so widely accepted and made to look like fucking rock stars yeah. i told all of them this at some point in time but they were the reason that i came out on the radio and i came out on a fifty thousand 000 radio station i was openly um, gay on the air for a year and a half following that and to then later on cut to 15 16 17 years later in my life i got to work on the show when awards for that show and become friends with all the original fat five it's just it's wild how the full, gay, circle. That's full circle moments always work they're so wonderful and great so you went on to do entertainment news. You yes. come, you're doing, you're living the LA life. You're doing entertainment news. Um, You're at, so at this time you're at NBC. We're, what are mm-hmm. you working on um, at NBC? And then how did the glad job parlay?
1: Yeah. So I'm very proud of the fact that in 2003, when I started at NBC, my role was delivering coffee and newspapers and like, <laughs> like filing things. Uh, I remember a woman, Sharon, who, You know, took a chance on me. And I remember being in her office and like, I don't know, this could have been like during the interview or my first week. And, you know, I I very um, was happy. She was like, you know, what is the goal? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to be a producer of this show. And I also want to be on air, like blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, that's nice. But you, you know, that's not, you know, but that's like literally like a fantastical idea at this point, because I literally am like delivering you know, triple lattes and the New York yeah. Times at five in the morning to the producers. Um, but then, you know, like along the way, like, I mean, I was like working in research and then I was in the video library, I worked in clearance for a while. But then they, you know, it was like the best path because I learned everything about television production and show production. Um, And then like, around, I can't remember, it was probably like, they... A producer job opened which is like a booking like but producing it's like you know every show is it but it's like we were booking and also like coming up with ideas um and a little bit of writing too and so that came up and they took a chance on me and it literally like was incredible and so I ended up you know being a producer on both of the shows and then in 2012 like I was booking a lot of um fashion experts to come on and talk and they were like you should just do it yourself like you know all the answers and i was like oh so i they i remember my first gig was on air was a weekend show hit with the lovely sean robinson who i'm still friends with today um which was incredible i remember what i wore it was now i look back on it and i'm like i have no idea what i was thinking but you know <laughs> um we
0: all have those ones i know
1: <laughs> I still have the blazer actually. Cause I was like, I'm not going to get rid of it at this point. And then, <laughs> you know, I did that I did for, for like almost six years. And I, and then by the, like, by the time that I left um, in 2017, I was like doing the show every day. Like I, and then it expanded. I was doing a lot of fashion stuff. I was doing a, a lot of housewives reality stuff, which I'm still doing. Um, But, um, but I, you know, that experience was amazing. But what happened was is in 2017. So Along the way, um, I did... So, you know, I was in fashion, music, and events. Those were kind of, like, my section of what I would be producing coverage. And the Glad Media Awards, obviously one of the biggest events um, of the year. And so I was super interested in getting more and Like, I, I had, like... A per, I, I told the organi- um Access, I was like, I think we should, like, be doing, like, this in a bigger way. Like, we should be, you know, really... Like, these are really important, like... Um, and so we... I got familiar with like the Glad team um, by, you know, being the access producer for the the, the event coverage.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, it was one of, there was like a situation and again, we won't name names, but there was an unfortunate situation that while I was there um, that happened, it wasn't something that I was working on, but basically like, what, there was a glad event that access was supposed to do something for and then ended up not happening and it ultimately left a bad taste in like the bookers for you know the event people for glad because then i felt like i was like why aren't they like giving me the exclusive anymore like you know be- and so i they like called me on the phone and they explained it i was like well you know what i was like i'm so sorry to hear that like again I, like it wasn't my doing but like i fully get it like and i think you know later on they now that i work for them they were like we like never like expected someone just to be like so real and like you know understanding and and also like take responsibility even though it wasn't me like you know but i was like no i get it um so then yeah i got to be like you know friendly with these people um and then in 2017 in like april um my boss at glad now rich uh like blindly emailed me and he was like you know like do you, and this is like one of his like tricks that he does. Um, he was like, do you know anyone that would be like interested in like running our like Hollywood celebrity like relationships and, you know? And he's like, of course I was hoping you would say you were but I was like, that's like his style. he like, like, do you know anyone? Like, instead of being like, are you interested? So I was like, you know what? I was like, what about, I was like I actually might be interested in that. Like, and I was at a point in my career 14 years in at NBC at this point literally having the best time loving every day not looking to leave, happy. But then, you know, it was, like, a really interesting opportunity for me um, to blend, um, like, the things that I'm passionate about and, like, but also, like, work that I'm good at. And so, I, you know, I, we taught a long time. Like, lo- we. I, I didn't start until, the, like, late September. That's, I mean, we taught for a really long time because, you know, it was wow. a big deal for me to completely, like, leave a job after 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there was a lot of appeal because... Glad was in a mode of um, expansion. So basically, Sarah Kate Ellis, who's our president now, um, she's been there longer than I have. She really had a plan. Like, because when she came on board maybe 10 years ago, it was like a little bit of a more, a little bit of a less stable organization financially. Now it's, she's an amazing businesswoman. I'm so thankful to be working for her. Um, So in 2017, Glad was like back on track now we have some funds to invest in like people. And so this job never existed, which also was a for me because I knew then I wasn't coming into someone else's shoes. Like, you can make was, it
0: your own too. Yeah,
1: there was an expectation. Well, so-and-so did it this way. And I was like, great. So that was a big um, part of it. And I think people thought that it was nuts at the time to kind of leave the kind of hosting stuff. And I didn't know like that if, that was going to continue, but I knew that I was passionate enough about the work and I was like, great. You know, if it does awesome, you know, like, but I also like was just passionate about getting to then, you know, work on the glad awards and then just do activism in Hollywood. So,
0: yeah. Right. So I think we, we have um, talked about glad enough to then now go ahead and tell people what, (laughs) uh, how, if somebody that's listening is like, you know, Uh, I said gay, and lesbian Alliance against defamation, that's GLAD. What does GLAD do? What do they stand for? And I know yeah. you have an elevator pitch, so I know you could tell me.
1: Yeah. And like it's funny, like, you know, it used to literally be an acronym. And now obviously that's not as inclusive because we have so many other parts of the queer community. So we really just say GLAD at this point. But yeah. So GLAD is the world's largest media advocacy organization. So what that means is that we work through with media every single day, films, television. Uh, video games now, podcasts, like any sort, to make sure that there are accurate, well done representations of the LGBTQ community. And why is that important? It's important because so much of what people see in film and in media on their screens really shapes the narrative of what they feel when it comes to LGBTQ acceptance. That's for people that are you know, not in the community, that maybe are not familiar with the community, for us, as you know, like it's also so important to have queer representation in media because it literally can be such an amazing moment for people like us that are in the community. We know how we know how people live more authentic and happy lives if they see themselves represented and they feel connected. So, you know, that's really what it's about. Glad originally started in 1985. Um out of response to the negative and inaccurate HIV and AIDS headlines that were coming out of New York City during the AIDS crisis and so that was the early roots of it about really correcting the narrative of of our community and when when the news was getting it completely wrong you know saying it was a gay disease all you know we all know the things that were said that are not correct then and you know that's how then this kind of term that I have a love-hate relationship with at this point, media watchdog became. Because yes, we are that, but also I would like to say the GLAD that we're in now is really about being super intentional about really amplifying the really good stuff that's out there, but also pushing, and, and as we do, to make sure that stuff is happening and that we are still part of the conversation and we're we're in all of the rooms. And so, um, I mean, GLAD is even... The world is so different. Even I mean, I'm, starting in 2017 to now, you know things are so different oh. in the world. I mean, not looking better, as we know, uh, for us anyway. So it's like it is a, a very um, rewarding job to be in every day, but it can also be, you know, a, it can mess with your head a little bit just because the world is nuts, as we all know.
0: Yeah, it. You know, I always refer to Glad as like our our community's first responders because, in a lot yes. of ways, you guys really are. You're you're there. Um, to to help kind of make the build that bridge, so to speak, right, between wow. maybe voices that have the audience, but aren't quite sure how to speak to the audience. And you guys are kind of there to help with that. So I wonder, like when there is a situation like what, how does the how does that gay bat signal go up and we need glad's help how do you guys get involved how do you, and also like what does that process kind of look like about when glad decides or decide maybe doesn't but i know you guys always try to get involved when you can or when it makes sense like how does that happen
1: yeah so the, i mean the good thing is now it's like you know what we say, and i i, I i'll speak on you know the hollywood entertainment side of things sure. um because i think what we the good thing is is that we at this point you know we uh since 1985 I mean how many years is that we're at 30 no more oh my god 38 years yeah I should know because I'm 40 and I was born in 1983 um 38 years um the good thing is is that most of the business knows where we are who we are and how to get a hold of us because sure. the thing is this though it's like and it, but it, that's not always the case because like I had said like even earlier like the earlier that we are involved in a project, the better, because we all know that once writers write something down and it, it, you know, they feel very connected to it. Um, and it's not just writers, but whoever the people that are creating the content, it's like, you know, it's an art, it's their art. And so then for us to come in afterward and be like, well, no, that's actually not correct. That's going to be offensive to someone like, you know, it, it can become a little bit like of a precious situation. So we always say like the earlier we can be involved in the process of the creation, um, the better. And so, you know, we have such strong relationships with all of the, the studios, streamers, production companies that we're consulting with all the time, like off the record. Um, and, and you know, sometimes they become long-term partnerships, you know, like, you know, we have um, worked with Shonda so many times on different things. I think I will, and Shonda, but all, Land, I and all of her obviously various yeah. producers, like with Gray's. When they brought in, they were, you know, they came to us with the idea, and they said, "We want to bring in a trans character." Nothing had been done yet. They, they were like, "We're like great, like let's like help you with like being the writers and like let's figure out where does this character look like, like what you know." And and then literally like did all of that. Then, as you talked about media training, like you know, this actor um, is trans, but again, it does not know all the answers necessarily. Just because you're trans doesn't mean you you know every answer about mm-hmm. the entire LGBTQ community. So we did a media trading with the actor, and then when it came time to promote the the storyline, we partnered with them um, and an outlet to do a really great, you know, piece of content. And so, like, that's a like a good case study of how we do that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's tough because sometimes, you're like, you know, you'll get people that think that they've created the best thing ever, and then we read it and we're like, oh my god, like, no, that's, you can't. See
0: yeah, that. you're like, this yeah, is I so mean. insensitive, right?
1: Right, and like. So and then it's you know about having this conversation like and most of the time people are really um, receptive to it and and I think even there have been times throughout history where there have been um, times where a film played by an actor maybe glad publicly you know wasn't on board on board with and said you know here's why. And I think, you know, back in the day, like, you know, I'm sure like some of those actors felt like a certain way about glad but I'm really happy to say now that a lot of those people I know, because it was important for me to come when I came into this is to like re, you know, kind of not smooth the relationship, but to kind of help them understand. And so I really am proud that we don't have like this kind of like people that are like have a that are bitter or have like a bad taste in their mouth because we went on the record to say, like, guess what? Your product's not great. Here's why. So, All right
0: right it's it's so interesting cuz i i really especially that being what i do for a living i have i have such a, a love love relationship with glad because i understand the power of when you have glad on your behalf or you don't and i understand both sides of it because i like i see the fight that you guys do and i know what you're trying to do and i get it and i and i swear to you every time i work on something or every time i have the opportunity to say i don't think we should do that maybe we should talk to glad or i don't think we should do that because i feel like glad is going to not be happy about that i literally use that line on every project that i work on because yeah. i know what a what an important body you guys are to our community and to the entertainment industry as a whole you guys are yeah. there like i said before as the first line of defense so I always tip my hat, off, hat hat off to you guys as an organization. I'm proud to to have been a part of it in some way, and and still, I mean, look, last year we, you know, my show Southern Saudi got nominated for a GLAD Award. You know that, and I told you know what's really funny about that. Yeah, I told those kids when we great. were filming. I told those kids when we were filming. I said, keep telling authentic stories and keep being yourselves, and this show will get a GLAD Award or get nominated for a GLAAD Award. And it sure enough, bad. there mm-hmm. was the next year we got nominated.
1: Are you still working on it this, this season? The I new just one?
0: did, yeah, the upcoming season. Yeah, oh it's coming out. I, I was at
1: BravoCon, as you know, and like yeah. that trailer, I was like, they have now, I mean, this is a good thing, I like have crossed into mm-hmm. like, vanderpump level insanity i was like this is amazing so yeah it's, it's
0: we're we're channeling season two of vanderpump with season two of southern hospitality so yeah, i'm very yeah. excited for people to see it because you know it's there's always a sense of pressure you know when you're working on something you kind of want to outdo yourself and when you're a freshman class coming in your sophomore class people don't realize especially in unscripted your sophomore season is actually usually more important than your freshman season. Yeah, uh, because, because that's when you into, that's yeah. when you're in there with the big boys and you really got to prove yourself. So you know we we continue to tell authentic stories in the best possible way, and I'm I'm very excited for people to see it. Um, I also
1: adore Leva. So yeah, Leva is amazing.
0: I mean, she's just the best and such a huge ally. Like, truthfully, like, yeah, like, and you got to think about it this way. And I, I'll give her her props. You know, she owns a bar in Charleston probably not no offense to Charleston Knights but not the most gay LGBTQ friendly. And she fights a good fight down there and I appreciate mm-hmm. her for it. Um and you know her bar is right next door to the only gay bar in that area. Yeah. Um so they uh they definitely get the clientele and I i just I love her for it. And I love her for embracing the community for sure there. That's for sure.
1: Yeah they invited me down. I gotta go do it. I've never been yeah. to Charleston and I oh, love loving-
0: You should you should yeah. it's a great it's a great city truthfully. Um I want to talk to you about a, cu- a couple of different things. I want you to talk a little bit about the Glad Media Institute and kind of give people a little bit of information about that. Um, Cause I know that's a big part of the work that Glad does kind of boots on the ground. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So Glad Media Institute is a section of our organization. Sometimes <laughs> it sounds like it's like a separate building that like lives somewhere. And it, it's not that like um, GMI, as we call it. Um, it's just a, yeah. a group of individuals that work on um, Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the work that they do is so incredible. um, And I cross over a lot with them when it comes to, you know, public facing things. But like, basically, there's people um, on the Glad Media Institute that do media trainings just for like everyday people across, you know, the United States, sometimes even internationally um, to, you know, to get people to be um, as educated, to be Allies, or to just be great local advocates, you know in small town America or wherever that is, so there's that part which is so amazing um there are there's a section that is working really to break down barriers to really dispel the fact that people think that you can't be a queer person and be a person of faith, that you can't be a pure person of faith and be an ally, so that's super impactful work um as you know, Ross is doing amazing yes. stuff in that space um and then there's a whole section that I work closely with that really, you know, we've been talking about this kind of like behind the scenes consulting with Hollywood. That's, who's doing that. Like, they're the ones GMI. All the right. people at GMI are, they're reading the scripts. They're talking to the writers. They're, you know, dealing with streamers and production companies on, on, on things way before we ever see them. And so it's, yeah, it's really incredible. Like the work that, that gets done and we have, um, you know, amazing people from all different parts of, of the community. We have, you know queer women we have trans pe- people we have people who are bi like and so in that specifically with gmi people who are latin and it's just like you know it's really so important that we have you know such a, a big diverse group because like we said we're we want to be able to tell people how to tell all of the stories not just game stories anymore it's not just about right. seeing games on tv we want to see trans people you know it's like it's we want to see bi people like it just it's all of that
0: yeah, and I mean, we definitely have seen such amazing progress. Even twenty years ago, now, like ten years ago, it's just it, it just gets better and better, and it's wonderful to see. And a big part of recognizing that work are the Glad Media Awards, and you, um, I know that you are a huge part of that as executive producer. And you know, I I will say rather candidly, uh, because I feel like I can say that to you. You know, I feel like there were an, as somebody that started volunteering for the Glad Awards in two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. They've definitely gone through the past several years of renaissance, so to speak, because I think they dipped a little for like a moment of like what significance are these awards having? They were still there. Um, but I definitely feel like the growth that you guys have had in Glad is also a direct effect of the media awards. And I think they've yeah. really gone hand in hand with the work and you guys have done such great things with really being able to bring and highlight individuals that may not even fall under our lgbtqia plus umbrella um that are allies and that stand with us and fight for something and and are out there so can can you explain a little bit to the people that don't know kind of what the glad media awards why they're held every year and Mm -hmm. um and then i have a few specific things i gotta ask you
1: yeah so um and i appreciate that because you know and i do think you know that was a part of them wanting to bring me on as well, because I think they, they like, to your point, I think they could feel that there was not like they, the, the the visibility of them and like kind of was kind of, you know, on a, not where they wanted it to be. And so I'm happy that I feel like that they've been brought back and have, you know, continued to um, be impactful, but also high profile, you know, to raise awareness for our cause. But yeah, the glad mini awards, we do them ceremonies in LA and New York every single year and really it is the best of the best when it comes to queer media that's the easiest way to describe it we give awards out for outstanding comedy series outstanding drama series outstanding film outstanding podcasts I mean there's like more than 35 categories at this point um and it's from all the different parts of media because it's like you know for years we literally like called for this to happen um and nick adams and i were just talking about this the other day like he found like a piece of paper from back in the day like for like the first bot awards when there was like like this much stuff to pick from and now thankfully like we're we have a lot of stuff that we that is um you know being considered and you know the the nominations process is a long lengthy one it's obviously not just me there's a huge committee of people that watch take notes submit things um And so, yeah, so in addition to those kind of category awards, we also do two big honors, one ally person, one queer person. And those are kind of like the two big honors of of um, of the ceremony. And, you know, we've got a host music performances. um, But, yeah, it's like we always say it's a party with a purpose. And I think for me as EP the most important thing is, yes, it's great to have bad money. Like, great. You know, that was what my, one of my crazy ideas for that we did earlier this year, but it's like, okay, we have bad money, but then what is he going to do? That's going to be impactful. That's going to speak directly to queer Latin people out there. What, you know, like, you know, like, yes, like, you know, I want to, you know, even just thinking about like the way we you know, before Jamie Lee Curtis, the, the blitz of this year with her Oscar, which she is amazing. Um, you know, there was a a woman, a local woman, just called Hug Mom. And she was like a local activist that was like supporting queer kids. And like, we surprised and like brought Jeannie Lee Curtis out. Like, so like, it's like, I always say, I'm not just gonna like book celebrities to have them on the stage. Like, I'm like, what are they doing? Like Beyonce, like the ultimate. Like when I booked her, I was like, this is an opportunity like no other. Like, so then for, you know, me to work with her team and my team to be like, she's literally going to talk about HIV and AIDS awareness, like because of her connection to her uncle, like uncle Johnny, I think. Yeah. Um, like that's, that's what's important. And that's why celebrity is important because you're literally, I mean, that was the, the, there had never been a Beyonce level type person that was speaking like about how important it is to break down stigmas, um, for people, you know, living with HIV. So, you know, like, that's really what it's about.
0: Yeah, you know, I always, I, I, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, getting these big gets, you know, in the past couple of years, you've had Madonna, you've had Mariah, you've had Beyonce. Like, I, you know, it doesn't really get much bigger than that. But I really wonder when you get the bad dream get, when that, when that Beyonce decides, Um, she's going to be a part of the show. How do your wheels start to turn? Like, uh, does it write itself or is there, I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into it to make it happen. And obviously because she has such personal ties to the community and we all know seeing that this Renaissance chapter of her life was born because of her uncle, you know? So like, I wonder like, yeah. So I wonder like what that, what that process, how do you kick it in high gear going? Oh shit. We have Beyonce. Probably going to talk about our uncle. We have to make sure that this is perfect.
1: Yeah. And like, I think, you know, like, you know, in kind of like the serendipitous thing of everything happens for a reason. Yeah, by the and-
0: way, hold on, real quick, by the way, I want to, of course, having Jay-Z be a part of that. And hi, th- yeah. one of the best members of the hip hop community in the world, which in some ways has its own stigma. So like yeah. having both of them on that stage, like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I mean, Darryl. huge. Yeah. Well, that
1: was like, I mean, not to, I mean, that was my idea. I literally, because I said, I was like, in my mind, I was like, you know, we have the this opportunity with Jay-Z, like you said. And I said, he literally is being, he's the biggest person in hip hop has come up in this like super masculine homophobic world that we're, you know, a, environment that we all, you know, heard about back in, you know, nineties and all that when it comes to, you know, um, that genre of music and is literally like, I'm publicly saying like I support my mom. Like, you know, I've, it's been a, like, kind of like a new awakening, like an experience. I, I feel like I know the community, like, and it was like, you know, you don't get much more, um, impact, like from that into a space of people, like his audience, like in his listeners, like, you know, it was probably the, for a lot of people, the first time they'd ever heard it like about a gay person or a big like, a queer person, to be honest with you. So, um, so yeah, like the, I with with Beyonce, like I knew coming into Glad um, the year or two years before, like Beyonce was like a dream get, and they just you know didn't have the luck. I don't I don't know exactly what they presented to her, but um, you know I fortunately through my work at NBC. Um, my mentor, the great Nancy Harrison, uh, who I still talk to all the time, taught me everything, uh, there is to know about booking celebrities, especially in the music department. And so, you know, she trusted me with her relationships. She introduced me to Beyonce's team back in the day. She introduced me to Taylor Swift's team back in the day. Um, so like I had that relationship coming into Glad, and like, you know, the team had said to me, they were like, you know, you like have like, such a good, like, reputation and track record, like, you know, that, like, when you reach out, like, you know, we, we respond, because it's, like, you know, we, you know, you can imagine, like, Beyonce gets hit up every day to do something or get something, but to answer your question, like, I think I literally spent, so, like, it was, like, a year, like, I was, like, what is this pitch going to be, like, how do I do this, and I was, like, I can't just, like, we want to honor Beyonce for her allyship, like, it was, like, it's not, like, so I was, like, let's make it more, original let's talk about the two of them together let's talk and i you know just created this really interesting thing about like giving her a space to talk about family and and, and situations and so once i got the confirmation that they were going to accept which i'll never forget um that was crazy like i was like but yeah then it's like literally like going into like all of the, the the pieces and so you know it's like you have an opportunity and you have to do it right you can't just like have them you know, go up there and be like, thank you. I love everyone. Like, you know, and so, yeah, we just work super closely. You know, we presented them with some thoughts about, um, you know, once we realized that Uncle Johnny was going to be a part of it, like, you know, we just really, you know, were really close with the team on like what that could look like. And I think, you know, they didn't need a lot of help. Like they're so good at what they do. And, but, you know, it's just like giving them an opportunity to do something that they really, were connected to and felt that was super important. And maybe they just didn't even know that they wanted to talk about it. But like, you know, getting the, you know, taking um not advantage of just it's not advantage. It's like, you know, it's like just being smart about the moment. Like, you know, like like that whole situation that happened with um his mother, Gloria, coming out and then him having that song on his album about her. So, you know, like it was they I just I'm so happy that they they loved the experience and I still, they still talk to us about it. Um, so, but yeah, that was, that was special. And same with Madonna, like, you know, it, it was her, like, so like I had put Beyonce and Madonna in the same year, it was our 30th anniversary um, for LA and New York. And like, we like, that was another thing, like, you know, Madonna was like one of the earliest champions of supporting people with HIV and AIDS. And so like, that was another thing, like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to tell a story? And like, you know, we, that was an, like, you know, and I thought it was really important. Like, you know, we could like, how, like who's going to present this award to her or, and, they, and the same with Beyonce. And so we, instead of just having like one, like superstar person, like we like had like real people, like, and we had people that were of, that were like real friends of theirs that necessarily were not famous people, but they like were able to do impactful um, messages and like, you know, and like, so I just felt like that was, they both were, so amazing you can watch them both on youtube still to yeah, I, I
0: yes and i still do and like i, I think one of the other th- things that i always go back and watch and i've always wanted to ask alex about it but watching alex newell perform hero for mariah carey at the glass yeah. what i like d- did you guys come up with that idea or were you just like oh we have alex like should we plug alex in or like how like because that just worked it just worked
1: as much as I would love to take credit for that, I hadn't started yet. So that was one thing that happened before I
0: came.
1: Ah, I know. It. But that was a wonderful idea, whoever had it. And I can get back to you. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: So good. So good. I want to talk a, a little bit about um, uh, figures. I have a few more things I want to discuss. But figures in the uh, in our queer community that have been big, big part of... Um, kind of iconic characters or depiction of characters in uh, the entertainment industry. So I want to talk about a couple of them. So obviously way back when Ricky from my so-called life played by the wonderful Wilson Cruz, I still don't think that obviously I love Wilson. He's a good friend of mine, but like I still don't think that Ricky gets enough flowers paid because we're talking about that show was out in the early 90s, way early, 90s. already pushed the boundaries of what that show was. But then to have a gay character of that nature on the show, I always am like so blown away by the impact that that character probably had at that.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I you mean, know? it's I completely agree with you. And like, you know, even for me, um, that was something I had to go like I had to I didn't watch the show like when it was on. Like, you know, I wasn't yeah. like a little young, I guess, but um but like looking back on it, like I completely agree with you. Like, I mean that was like a huge, huge um breakthrough. But I and I think how much Wilson like just being such a talented actor and singer, of course, but yeah. I think that, oper- I think that really just informed like his path forward because every- like the projects that he, do- that he does, like, especially now are like, I mean, they're not just to do them like, you know, that they're, they're yeah. important to him, They're like, that are impactful for the community. Not every time, obviously, but like, you know, sometimes you just want to play a fun, silly character, which is totally yeah. fine. But yeah. like, you know, like I think, you know, like with, with you look at Star Trek and what he was able to do with that character and those storylines. And then, you know, just so many other things. It's like, I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think the great thing is, is that his um, generosity with his soul as a human being really shines Mm -hmm. through in his work. And I think that that also comes through in the work that he does for you know, organizations around the world. Yeah. And I, I just love him the pieces. But I just I saw him like, last
1: week, actually. Yeah, he's, he's he amazing. needs more.
0: He needs more flowers. You know, another one, too. A lot of people don't know this about Karamo. But mm-hmm. Karamo was the first and African-American mm-hmm. gay male on a reality show. Yeah. Had never. A lot of people don't realize that. They don't. Um, and, they
1: and Karamo and I have been friends for literally so many years. And he always he said. Yeah, he's like Anthony. He's like you. Like, remember me when I had like fifty dollars in my bank account? I was like, I do. Like, but you know, yeah, Karamo is such a, I think, a success story. And like, he's, um, but also he's like, done the work. Like, I mean, in so many ways, he didn't give up. And there were many times that he felt like he should or could have. Um, and then you know, if you're if you're passionate and honest about what you want to do and honest about yourself I think you know like look at him now I mean it's so it's so good and I think so many times like with um I've said this before but like with queer people if they're actors or creators or writers songwriters whatever it's like the moment that they whether it's coming out or just accepting themselves for who they are and like you let like those like barriers down like the art that you and the content that you create is is so much better. Like everyone says that. Like I was talking to Shane McAnally one time and he was like, yeah, like he's like, when I just finally was like, not trying to hide it anymore. The songs that I put out into the world were like the big ones. Like, you know, it's like, it's just because he was, everything was coming from an authentic place. Yeah.
0: You know what I wanted to ask you too is the, the world of social media has obviously exposed us to a whole new chapter in, queer history and, and people and prominent figures kind of stepping forward and making the everyday person a household name, which is like, yeah. wild. you know, we have really seen that cultural shift in the past 10 years. So I wonder, have you, do you guys, you, have you guys embraced the whole social media aspect of it and understanding that like maybe somebody who's on TikTok that's getting 10 million views have some level of importance in what media is? You know,
1: 100. percent So there's like two pieces of this that I want to talk about. Like I literally said to someone, I was like, "You need to stop saying." Like I was like, "The idea of influencer and celebrity are like literally the same." I was like, "It's not the same thing as it used to be. It's not like Sandra Bullock is a movie star and like this person. I mean, movie star. Yeah, I mean, the- Sandra Bullock is a celebrity. You know, so and so that's a content creator. It's not like it's like social media has made content creators and influencers just as uh, important and like influential, I guess, w- without saying that word again, because it's like, we all are, we're all social media is what everyone is consuming. Like if, you know, if, um, Gigi Gorgeous says that like, there's a great product, I'm probably going to look into it because it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, that's what what it's all about. And so I think, um, yes, we definitely embrace it in that way because we know that when it comes to, you know, getting our message out there for, you know, and our work to accelerate acceptance for the community, working with social media people is key. What I will also say is, is that we have the social media safety index, which is a report that comes out that really shows how, yes, like what I just talked about is like the positive side of things, but these companies are really not doing enough to make it safe for LGBTQ people when it comes to the bad side of it, the hate comments all of that stuff. So we are actively involved in that as well to really task these companies to say, look, like, you know, we are working with you and like, we get the importance of the, the content and you know, the platforms, but you need to do a better job of supporting people because it's, you know, we all know like social media can be great. Like I just talked about, it can be awful too. Like people yeah. every single day are dealing with trolls and horrible things said about them. And you know, threats. So that's like important. So that is a big priority of ours.
0: You know what, one thing I've always wondered about, and I, I don't like, maybe even you can just talk about it personally. And, you know, I like, you know, the, the topic of queer baiting comes up a lot in the entertainment industry, you know, like, um, people like I remember when Nick Jonas put out his first single, when he put out jealous, he got so much shit because he's went to like gay bars to promote his album. And he was like posing in his underwear at times. And like, you know, people talk about this with Harry Styles and they talk about this a lot with other public male figures, mostly usually, but I always wonder like, like to me, I don't see a problem with that. And I'm never quite under, I never quite understand why LGBTQ people see a problem with that because to me, i feel like in whatever capacity it comes in if you are showing that you support us or love us in some way shape or form obviously responsibly (laughs) um i think that that should be welcomed you know in some way
1: yeah i mean i it's a tricky thing i mean listen i think that like this idea of queer baiting i feel like it's like gotten a little like it's like kind of calmed down a little bit but like I get why people like are up and like would be upset by it. But I also think it's like, if, like, I think it's important, like for Nick Jonas is a great example. Like, I remember that, like when you said that yeah. word, that was literally the first person I thought of, because that's yep. like, when the word was invented basically, or the term. Yep. Um, but like, I think on the flip side, like, yes, like I can understand why people would say that, but like Nick Jonas is someone who literally has supported the community. He's supported Glad. he's donated money, To our organization, he's been ally in multiple situations. So then I'm like, well, I don't really know. Like, you know, it's like, I think he's showing a connection to it. 100%. Like, like, trying to like, you know, I get it. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, well, like, but Nick Jonas never tried to say he wasn't a straight man. You know, he was, you know, he was, you know, I I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, it doesn't really... Um, I mean, I think if people are the one thing I will say is is if, if people like create a false, you know, hype or narrative, like, oh, like is this person and they're just using that for like press, like I don't like that. No.
0: Well, of course, I mean,
1: like, don't be I think that's
0: probably why I probably asterisk myself and said responsibly, you know, because I think yeah. there probably are a ton of people who take full advantage of our community and its consumer dollars. That right. is that is fully aware. But, you know, I think that, that sometimes like we're, we're it's OK to to be like, oh, he's straight. He thinks we're fucking cool he wants to go to gay bars and promote his album fine because we're o- we're okay with that. Like it's not, it's not anything deeper than that, but I totally get that. So as you head into your next year, and I, I'm sure you're not going to tell me, but are, are you working hard or any on the next glad awards and you're trying to think, uh, yeah. think bigger, yeah. better, badder,
1: all of you just for
0: your slogan. There you go. <laughs> all of
1: the above, um, I always say like the next six months. So it's like December through may and then you know obviously pride but like for the media yeah. award cycle um is really like the, the that section is like the big it gets really really exciting um the nominations traditionally we get we announce them in january and then we'll be having you know on re-announcements so yeah i have some big big ideas um and they, a lot of them are coming together so i'm excited for what's ahead for sure
0: I'm, I'm excited for you. And I do I do want to say congratulations to you and everyone at GLAD. I saw that you're going to be nominated with the Governor's Award at the Emmys, which is just another huge testament to the work that you guys are doing. So, you know, please send my love and admiration oh. to you and to everyone over there. I, I do play a quick little game at the end of every episode called Woody's Roundup. Um, <laughs> and it's basically just some quick fire fun paying homage to Toy Story. Yes, that's why I say it. But um like, quick little, like, uh, one-off answers and just rapid-fire questions. Rapid-fire. Okay. Rapid-fire. Here we go. Um, favorite snack item?
1: Uh, Fritos.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay. Are you a chili cheese kind of guy or no?
1: No, I like the traditional ones. Um, my favorite thing, this is funny, this is not a rapid-fire, but, like, we um, go to this amazing uh, cruise in Mexico. Um, like, it's a, Dick a day cruise. And the amazing woman, Diana, she like does the fritos within she'll put lime and salt on them and like her own mix. It's like the best thing ever.
0: Um, that sounds amazing. Um, your favorite diva. Brittany. Oh, okay. I was expecting you to say Mariah. I don't know why. I know <laughs> you are lamb, though. I know you are. Um, brunch or happy hour? Happy hour. Okay. Thanksgiving or Christmas? Christmas. If you had to pick two singers to sing together in your dream duet, who would they be?
1: Um, let's see. I would do. Let's say. Um, let me, let me think here. This is like such a crazy one. I'm in. By the way, it's, it's go ahead, go ahead. Wait, what were you gonna say?
0: No, I was gonna say with the gays, they're always like, "Ooh, this is such a good question." I'm like...
1: <laughs> okay, got it. Okay. Ricky Martin. Okay. And Kylie Minogue.
0: Oh, ooh, I would hear that. Yeah. I like that.
1: Little, I think there could be something that could be pretty
0: amazing. Okay. So mine would be, and funny enough, he, Sam Smith said this on watch happens live, but mine would be Sam Smith and Mariah, because I think they, their voices would be great together.
1: I think with their voices, we would just like explode. There'd be so many ranges and notes. It would be amazing.
0: 100%. I totally agree. Um, sexiest part of a man?
1: Um, smile. I really love wonderful teeth.
0: Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, guilty pleasure?
1: Selling sunset.
0: Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, that honestly, I can't those, those, well. those selling sunset fans love that show.
1: Yeah. Love that show. And I don't know um, if I... Can- over it but i feel like it's a guilty pleasure so
0: (laughs) that's all right it's allowed um would you read will's memoir or jada's memoir jada okay um i've read both and they're both very good uh pet and finally your pet peeve you have one pet peeve
1: oh yeah this is a i i cannot stand it when people are rude to waiters or wait servers or waitresses or you know, whatever, it, servers is sorry, but uh, it makes me insane because I'm like, why are you like? Do not be an asshole. Like, you know, I feel like people that are that are rude to like servers, wait, you know, um, clearly have never done that because I have and I did it for years and it's a lot of work. I there I I will not reveal this, but there was a celebrity, a queer celebrity. Okay, now I'm getting closer. In Palm Springs, at a place, my one of my favorite restaurants, Tropical, that literally was the most nightmarish person I have ever seen be to a server. And it has ruined it for me forever. I was like, oh, no. no. I, I, I was horrible. like, oh, I was like, you are so rude. I didn't say anything because what am I going to do? Course, but like, I just felt so bad. And I was like, wow, you're a nightmare. Yeah.
0: oh my god by the way those that happens often especially at these like events that we I'm sure that we both have gone to like you meet some people and you're like what the fuck I remember my favorite my favorite Emmy's the first time I ever got nominated for an Emmy in 2009 I was in line waiting outside for like a bathroom and like one of those like air-conditioned like porta potty things and Tina Fey came running up and was like I know you don't know me but will you hold my shoes and can I go but go first and I was like sure and like, so she gave me her heels and she went to go to the bathroom and came back out what about her business it was very funny but one of my favorite stories um celebrity it. related anyways well i can't i truly can't thank you enough thank you so much for doing the show i again keep up all the good work um i'm uh really proud of you guys and uh, again glad uh glad really does the the good deed for us in the entertainment world and and we can't thank you guys enough truly
1: it's been a pleasure so good to catch up with you thanks for having me and yeah like let's keep in touch and i'll you know there'll be some glad media awards announcements coming soon i'll make sure that to send them your way
0: well i can't wait um and before you go will you give me um hey it's anthony ramos listen to what's up woody yeah
1: hey everyone it's anthony alan ramos and you are listening to what's up woody
0: thank you my friend i appreciate you have a great day
1: okay i'll talk to you later
0: all right honey